And welcome to another edition of Scott Wheeler's Airplay, where we go behind the scenes to visit with radio and TV personalities you listen to and watch every day or people who've been in the business before and have moved on to other things, which is the case today, which I'll tell you about in a second. But a reminder that uh, Airplay airs right now on Peoria Life's web portal and their Facebook page. Also on Facebook, YouTube, Peoria TV at Channel 17 on the i3 broadband system. Scott Wheeler here from Super Hits WIRL. And today's guest is a guy I've known for a long time, used to work with, had radio stints at WMBD, also WBYS in Canton, WTAZ, and a host of other things. But now he's moved on to a related but different world of academics. Welcome John Malone to Airplay. Welcome, John. Scott, great to be here. Now, you're a Canton boy, right? Originally? Yep. Born all, and raised. All your uh, time has been spent in central Illinois for the most part? Just about. Uh, I did a full, I, I actually attempted to do a full-time job while I was in college, mm -hmm. full-time in college <laughs> and full-time. For three months, I lasted at... WFXW in Geneva, Illinois. <laughs> Salute! Which is, I think, dark now, but uh, I, I couldn't do it. I had, yeah. to, I had to pull back and, yeah. and focus on my studies. Yeah. But other than that, three months in Geneva, everything's been in central Illinois. Okay. So speaking of college, you went to what is probably regarded as the top or top two radio television programs at uh, North Central and Naperville, right? Yeah. What uh, what made you first of all? What made you interested in radio, and then why why North Central? Uh, I was always interested in. I was. I, I grew up. I was one of those uh, kind of k kids that grew up in front of a TV and radio. Just mm -hmm. my parents were both school teachers, so mm -hmm. I you know you let your latchkey child, yeah. you let yourself. <laughs> so I was always consuming media. Mm -hmm. And when I turned sixteen. Uh, my dad had a pickup truck he gave me. Just mm -hmm. It was a 70s model Chevrolet, and it mm -hmm. just had an AM radio. That's all ah. it had in it was just an AM radio. So I just started tuning around listening to AM radio all the time. So that's at 16, I was like the weirdest kid because <laughs> I, I was interested in only spoken word programming. <laughs> and the rest of your friends are like, have you heard the new ACDC? And you're like, no, I haven't. But have you heard this guy named Rush? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, at the time, it was uh, MAQ and GN and all these yeah. other stations you know, I'm just dialing around listening to. And I got enamored with the fact that somebody could actually be a star of a show on radio where people tune in to hear that person rather than the music and, and the other elements. Okay. So I just was really enamored with that. And I, and I was also a current events buff and always had been. So uh, that's what got me in, interested in radio mm -hmm. to begin with. Mm -hmm. uh, then... I, as any curious kid did, started knocking on doors, and I got the interest of Charlie Wright, who owned WBYS in Canton for many years. He was mm -hmm. a broadcasting legend, as sure. everybody knows Charlie Wright, if they've been in radio. And Charlie owned WBYS, and he brought me on part-time in high school. And I was there, anytime I wasn't in school, I was at WBYS. I was just there all mm -hmm. the time. Mm -hmm. And I was also one of those kids that, uh, you know, Charlie was... An amazing individual. He was the GM. He was the owner. He ran the sales. He was the engineer. He was. He did everything. Cut the grass, probably. Yeah. <laughs> Came in on weekends. He cut the grass. Uh, and, and so I followed. 
I ended up just following him around, mm-hmm. always, just, what are you doing? What are you doing? Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, to his credit, a lot of people would say, you know, kid, I'm busy, or whatever. Mm-hmm. But he's like, no, come on in, I'll show you. So I just kind of mentored with him, show me how you're wiring this console. Show me how you're doing this. Show me how. So mm-hmm. I just got into that. That's awesome. At a very young age, mm-hmm. and and what's unfortunate now is those kind of opportunities, as you know, just really don't exist mm-hmm. like they used to. There's right. no real farm club yes. where you can get that kind of experience. So there was a, a another individual who had worked at WBYS who was originally from Canton. I think you know him, uh, Tony Kozlowski. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, went to North Central College. Uh. And I knew Tony, and I was asking him when it got to around time to explore colleges. He says, you need to go up and see John Madormo at North Central College. So I went up there. It was the only college I toured. It was never even an option that I was going to go anywhere else. Mm-hmm. So I ended up at North Central. Mm-hmm. I tried to get two of my three children to go there. Uh, at least in your honor, and uh, couldn't pull the plug, but uh, it is a great school. Oh, my gosh. Wonderful, wonderful school. For those, anyone who's got kids who are looking at colleges and thinking about radio and television specifically, but just a really solid college, highly recommend North Central. Uh, Well, they got to talk about Lincoln. (laughs) Yes, we're we're getting to that. John retired. (laughs) And I I always told John I I would never compete with him as long as he was there, but but the minute he retired, <laughs> I moved in on his turf. <laughs> and we will move there in a second. But after North Central, then, where did your radio journey take you? Well, my radio journey took me while I was at North Central. I, I was the news director at the radio station there, the campus station, because I was the only kid at the station who wasn't interested in music. <laughs> there you go again. So they made me the news director. And I hosted a weekend public affairs show, a talk show, uh-huh. and, and really started to hone those skills. But around that same time, too, I also realized as much as I love Charlie and as much as I love Canton, I, I need to start getting out and networking and meeting some other people if mm-hmm. I wanted to... Uh, uh, to, to, to advance. So I just picked up the phone and started making phone calls to program directors. Mm-hmm. First program director I called was uh, Daryl Parks, who was programming IRL mm-hmm. at the time, and said, hey, I want to work at your radio station. Because at the time, IRL was a full-service station with a news department, just like MBD was mm-hmm. and such. And mm-hmm. he said, come on over. And that's, I always tell my students that story. It's Just like, call. they're not going to bite. More often than not, they will invite you in. They uh-huh. are flattered that you're interested. Yeah. So I went in, talked to Daryl. It was a four-hour interview. Wow. Because we just sat and just talked about mm-hmm. the business mm-hmm. in general. And I walked out of there with a job. Wow. It was part-time. Mm-hmm. But what ended up happening was I was in the right place at the right time. I showed that I had the skills that, I need, that, that he liked. So I became, for a whole year, their vacation fill-in person. So when school would get out for the summer was right around the time the ratings period ended. So Mark Trulove would go on vacation. I did the morning show. Daryl would go on vacation. I did midday. Steve Mm -hmm. Young would go on vacation. I did afternoons. Beth McCloth went on vacation. I did news. I did everything. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. it was just an amazing experience. Mm -hmm. And everything just kind of picked up from there. I always tell my students... The last time I ever walked into a building with a resume and had an actual job interview was in 1990. Yeah, you were the. You, many people say the same thing. Yeah, yeah. that's the last mm-hmm. time that ever happened. Because mm-hmm. at that point, your career just kind of takes on a life of its own. And mm-hmm. 
So what what do you fondly remember about your days in radio? What, uh, you know, maybe uh, an impactful thing you were involved with or just a, a shining moment on the air? Or what, what do you kind of miss about it? That's a very easy question to answer. Okay. Um, I, I often tell people, and she'll end up seeing this, and so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it, uh, were the three years that I worked for Linda Manis. WTAZ in mm-hmm. Horton. Okay. Mm-hmm. If Lynn, I, I, and I'm not saying this just to flatter, I'll even look in the camera because Lynn is probably mm-hmm. going to end up watching this. If you still owned TAZ, I'd still be there. <laughs> that's a compliment. That, that really is. That was the funnest three years of my life. Yeah. And How come? Because it was a very small staff. Mm. You know, it was a talk station, FM Talks, which was FM Talker, which was almost unheard of at that back at that day. time yeah. back then. Uh, she always said she she was the only person she knew that would have been crazy enough to try putting talk on FM, and <laughs> and and it worked. Yeah. Well, one of the reasons it worked is she debuted the talk station in late '86, and a gentleman by the name of Rush came along <laughs> in August of '88, and she was one of the first 56 affiliates. Wow. So that was kind of kind of rode that in, but. We had a great staff. Um, Steve Young brought me there because he was uh, he took a job there uh, briefly as the uh, operations manager. Uh, Steve was there a little less than a year, but after that, it became pretty much me on the operations side and Jerry Scott on the sales side. And and Lynn had other businesses. She owned Ravina. She owned a, a lot. So she was kind of I don't want to say a hands off owner, but she was just delegated to mm-hmm. us mm-hmm. and for those three years the two of us jerry and and, and me we just we ran the station mm-hmm. and did fun stuff we were very entrepreneurial mm-hmm. uh hey let's uh let's have a broadcast where we bring g gordon liddy to town let's have a broadcast where we bring and we would just stage these events and and the other thing about taz that i'll never forget is i never experienced before or since such a loyal audience mm-hmm. just if you and, and I'll give you an example. Uh, fast forward a little bit to WMBD, which mm-hmm. was a great a great radio station. But I could make a program change on WMBD, like take a show off at nine o'clock at night and put a, no, a new show on. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't hear anything. Mm-hmm. It, TAZ, if you made a, a simple change like that, your phone would blow up. Yeah. In the mor- I mean, they were so in tune to that station because mm-hmm. it was like their companion. Mm. So it was that loyal audience and just that whole fun entrepreneurial atmosphere that I just mm. ate up. Mm. What's the funniest or oops moment that ever happened to you on the radio? Could you remember was something that just didn't go a famous radio story? Oh. <laughs> I, or were you flawless? I wasn't flawless, <laughs> but I, I, I don't really have anything that, that would qualify as like this just drop down, just... I just, I can't think of something. Okay, you're not in the club then. No, I'm not. <laughs> I know of him. I can tell you stories oh, yeah. of other people. <laughs> We're talking with John Malone, who spent many a year in uh, radio in central Illinois, WMBD and WTAZ, as he's mentioned, uh, but then made a switch a few, few years ago, and I uh, want to talk to you about what led you to <laughs> kind of drop the radio thing and moved to the world of academics. John is an associate professor professor of communications, right, at Lincoln College? Yeah, in academia speak, you go from instructor to assistant professor to associate professor okay. and then full professor. Okay. So I'm 
and he's working on his doctorate right now. So <laughs> look out world. But what made you do that? One person. His name is Tom Zerkammer. Okay. Uh, Tom was the provost and vice president of academic affairs at Lincoln College. Uh, in the summer of 04, as they say in radio parlance, when I was between assignments. Uh, <laughs> On the beach. <laughs> right. Uh, I got a phone call from Tom mm -hmm. because I knew some people at Lincoln College. So it wasn't, Lincoln College wasn't foreign to me. Mm. I, I knew several people. Lincoln College always had a very healthy contingent for some strange reason of people from Canton were always there. Uh, okay. One or two people would mm. always be there from Canton. So uh, Tom was a radio fan mm -hmm. and the college had an FM non-commercial frequency that had been on and off and on and off and never really, it, it, it used to be done very well when a guy by the name of Brayton Danner ran it for, for decades. And then it just kind of fell by the wayside. It was never completely dark, but it was just always just haphazard. Mm -hmm. And he needed somebody to get that thing back up and, and, and wanted it back up and running. I did not go down there to teach. That was not... The plan. Hmm. Uh, the plan was he wanted me to come down. I went down and met with, with Tom, who introduced me to the president at the time, was Ron Schilling, and a couple others were in the meeting, and they just needed help. It was license renewal year. Hmm. They had nobody that knew anything about any of that. Mm -hmm. So they needed to get their license renewed. They needed to get their facility all straightened away and everything. So I signed a three-month independent contractor deal mm -hmm. with them. Mm -hmm. and said, I'll do this for three months. And, and I still didn't even know what I was going to do. Go mm -hmm. find another. I actually interviewed for a couple radio jobs around here, but they were music stations, and I just was uh, not interested. You know, I just, but so, so I said, I'll do this for three months. So I went down there and tinkered around with their station for three months, kept my own hours, kept a diary of how, mm -hmm. when I was there, did, did all this. Three months came up, and Tom said, when he called me into my office one day, what do you want to teach in January? <laughs> nice move, Tom. Good salesman. He did that old assumptive flurries. You know? So he goes, what do you want to teach? And I go, what? I go, I've, I've, I've never taught anything. He goes, you'll do great. He goes, I already know. You'll do great. So he goes, we're going to offer you a, a faculty appointment contract. And I said, Tom, I only have a bachelor's degree. Hmm. He goes, that's right. He goes, you're going to have to have a master's degree to do this. So we're going to start you in January with the uh, assumption you're going to go get your master's degree. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. That, you know, <laughs> we're, we're, now we're moving really fast here, right? <laughs> so then we started talking and, and just, uh, you know, without getting in dollars and cents and just everything. He started talking about the benefits and, and just, and, and before I knew it, I'm like, oh, this, I'll try it. I'll give it a shot. So I taught in the spring of 05, that one, that one semester. Then I started uh, back working on my master's at University of Illinois at Springfield. Mm -hmm. um, fun. The most fun I've had was working on that master's because it's like it, people that I know in academia often say it would be so much fun now to go back and do their bachelor's degree as adults. They'd get so much more out of it <laughs> yeah. rather than partying all the yeah, time. Yeah. And, and, and I did. I, I loved being in a classroom as a student, mm -hmm. as an adult. The only thing was it was all night classes, and I was working during the day and, mm -hmm. and, and such. So I finished that first semester. Everything worked out well. Uh, and then I came back for the following fall. Then he made me an academic advisor where I had to start actually advising students. <laughs> 
I'll never forget my first advising session with a student. That I knew as much as the student. And I'm sitting there like, you want to talk about an intimidating experience. So it just happened. It was one of those like just the frog in the in the in the pan, you know, where it just yeah. More and more, I got into it and got into it and got into it. I finished that bachelor degree in five semesters, spring, summer, fall, spring, summer, mm-hmm. just plowing right through it, mm-hmm. and then became a su- assistant professor and have been there ever since. Huh. And you, you're, you're continuing to work on things. <laughs> yeah, and it, and it kept changing, I, you know, because I was... I had been a manager in radio for about every year I was ever a full-time employee. I only spent one year in radio where I was not like a manager of mm-hmm. some kind. So when I got there, I was just staff, you know, faculty mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. such. But they always seem to figure out you know how to manage things. And, uh, so and now you oversee the whole department, which includes theater and dance and uh, a whole bunch of stuff, right? They made me the division chair for fine arts and communication. So I oversee theater, music, dance, art, and radio TV. <laughs> I'm trying to imagine your uh, ballet skills right he now. He asked me before we went on the air. I, I'm trying to figure out what you know about dance. And I said, you know, Scott, it's like radio. If you're the operations manager of a cluster of stations, you don't know the intricacies of every format, yeah. but you get the right people in the right. positions. Right. So uh, since you went back and were a student and now are advising students and obviously were a, uh, a student at North Central, how are students different today than when you were a student? They are consumers. Hmm. They Maybe. know that they are there as a customer and they expect... That's the best way to put this. They, they're not wanting to you just give them grades, but but they are, they do not revere. And I'm not saying this as an insult to today's students. They're mm-hmm. just different. They were mm-hmm. raised in a different uh, sure. uh, era. I was yes sir, no sir, when I was mm-hmm. a student. Mm-hmm. Today's students are not yes sir, no sir. Okay. They will question you. Yeah. Well, why? Why? Yeah. Why do why? I need to do that? Yeah, this is stupid. Why am I doing this? Why am I... <laughs> there has to be a reason for everything, uh-huh. as opposed uh-huh. to, no, this is what it says. I mean, back when I was their age, it's like, oh, it says I have to do this, and I go do this. But mm-hmm. that's not the way they think now. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Um, so part of probably your biggest goal or role in what you do is preparing kids for the, um, the, the new world of media. So you obviously are a radio TV uh, student at one point. How has that curriculum changed? What are, what are we doing differently now to prepare students to enter the world of radio TV, new media? How's that, how's that different? Surprisingly, not much. And the reason I say that is, and I think you, you would know this, being a, a creature of the media, mm-hmm. we have 500 and some channels at our fingertips. We have this entire digital universe out there where we mm-hmm. can go watch and listen to anything we want whenever we want. Mm-hmm. But it all still needs one thing. Content. Content. Yeah. Mm-hmm. People have to know how to create content. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't really matter. I mean, the, the mode and the, 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 uh, the conduit, the pipe has changed, mm-hmm. but you still have to have the content. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what we're teaching. The first... The first 10 years I was at Lincoln College, it was a two-year private. 
one of the only two-year privates around. So basically what I was doing for the first 10 years was preparing students to transfer to hopefully North Central College. I did a lot of mm -hmm. selling for mm -hmm. them and, and, and other schools. But in 2015, we had a complete institutional change of focus where we are now in a baccalaureate expansion plan where we're going into four-year programs. Okay, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, mine was the first. Uh, to, to go four years, uh, and that happened in the fall of 2016. So I actually built the curriculum from scratch and introduced TV into the curriculum, mm -hmm. which there was no TV in the curriculum before 2015. So now I'm running a Bachelor of Arts program, so we are teaching the entire big picture, like you were just saying, mm -hmm. where we were just teaching announcing and production and okay. that kind of stuff mm -hmm. before. All right. Well, since I... Uh, I uh, Ballyhooed your uh, alma mater, I'm going to give you uh, 30 to 60 seconds to tell everyone why their kids should go to Lincoln College, maybe in general or specifically your program. Lincoln College, and, and I know this sounds very uh, trite and cliche-ish, but Lincoln College changed my life. And I've also seen it change the lives of so many of our students. Mm that go there because in every college will say this, but I mean, we really live up to it. Lincoln College is a family. Mm -hmm. It really is. It, it's, you get to know your students one-on-one. -on -one. I know every single one of the students in my program well. Uh, I mentor them inside and outside of the classroom. They, they, they develop a very strong attachment to the institution. They get the attention that they deserve. They get on the air and they get behind cameras and they get to do stuff right out of the gate when they're there mm. instantly. Mm -hmm. You know, I've had students their second day on campus, they were doing their own show. Wow. You know, so I mean, it's, you, you just get right in and, and, and get started. And we have a wonderful staff there. We have uh, the entire mission of that college is to uh, uniquely empower students to reach their full potential. And when I say uniquely empower, that means giving, getting in there and giving them that personal touch and, mm -hmm. and, and emphasis on their skill sets. Mm. Yeah, finding what their gift is and helping them get there, right? Yeah. Well, we're out of time. I know that this fast. It does go fast. That means you have earned the right for part two on Scott Wheeler's airplay. So we'll have you back. Okay. Because I still got lots of questions. Has there, there. Uh, has anyone else earned a part two? Uh, a few people, but okay. it's, you know. You, elite you're, company. You're in an elite company. John Malone, who spent many years in uh, Central Illinois Radio on a number of stations I know you've listened to, WMBD, WTAZ, WBYS, a little bit at River Country back in the day. Uh, the list goes on. But now he's in the world of academics at Lincoln College and uh, doing really well. Good to have him here today. This is Scott Wheeler's Airplay. Remember, Peoria Life is where you can see past episodes and future episodes. Uh, Facebook on Peoria Life's uh, Facebook page, their YouTube channel, and Peoria TV channel 17 on the i3 broadband system. The world famous Wayne R. Miller, our guest next week. Please cover your children's ears. <laughs> we'll see you next week on Airplay. PeoriaLife.com.